0: They stopped delivering packages to my floor for some reason. We used to have a package room. Now I've got to go up to the fourth floor and get all my packages like a fucking peasant. Wow. They used to Dark mule them times. down here for us and drop them by your door, put them in your mailbox. And now i got to walk up there like a fucking chump.
1: They fired like, that guy.
0: It used to be the security guard, so I hope not. Otherwise, uh-huh. my place, you know where uh-huh.
1: my apartment
2: is. I'm, I'm not behind yeah, the security guard. You door, need the security so. guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> a little <laughs> dicey. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude! You shouldn't have told me that. You shouldn't have told me there's no more security. <laughs> You're done for. No brother. more security,
1: and the packages are open and, and oh ready God. for anyone to take. It's nice. game over, bud. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> uh, uh,
0: scrub this. Let's start over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, 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 and everyone, welcome to the Big One Podcast. This is B Boy, and with me to my right and my left are new guy. Baby G. Which one are you use to my right and which one are you use to my left?
0: I think I'm to the right.
1: Uh, I'll tell you when you're older. Okay. <laughs> I gotta earn that. I gotta earn that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we gotta earn that money. Do we have a sponsor this week? Damn. Oh no! Just never earning money. No. A here, then.
2: Oh god, we're gonna have to call off the podcast episode.
1: All right, I'm gonna go with Bwin because I have this nice bike. Oh, sick! Has, or, or not bike; it's a bus. I don't know why I said bike. Bwin. Um, yeah, what is Bwin. That? I think are they sports betting? I think they are sports betting. I just oh, assume that when train. I see any kind of a football club sponsor, <laughs> that it's always yeah. sports betting. Yeah, it's because uh, be. a lot of time it is. Yeah. So, BWIN, it might Bwin. be sports betting. That's their slogan. Lose money. BWIN. <laughs> um, what is our podcast about? Our podcast is mostly about motorsports. Sometimes it's about bullshit or oh. guessing what might be a sports betting company and what won't be. But oh. we talk F1. We talk Formula E. We talk IndyCar. We'll definitely hit on all three of those this week. But we mostly talk NASCAR um local tracks anything that's going on i mean someone if someone starts to email us about super bikes i'll start watching that bullshit um you know whatever whatever kind nice. of motorsport can happen or there
2: i think calling it bullshit is a really good way to incentivize <laughs> people to email in about it
1: i don't think i even said it right isn't it it's it's like super bikes or supercross did we go through this together i forget um but it's one of those it's one of yeah. those um, it's got to be but yeah, for sure. We're uh if you would like to follow us and our bullshit, we're at podcast big one on Twitter. You can always always email us at podcast big one at gmail dot com or something about not liking was it Fridays? I forgot.
2: Endless breadsticks at thank goodness it is Fridays dot com. That's it. There email you go. me.
0: So. That's why our inbox is been Everything's going to the breadsticks <laughs> one instead of the big one. <laughs> New guy, you refresh that thing this week. It's probably got like four hundred <sighs> questions. Dude, that shit's blowing
2: up, brother. It's blowing up. I actually <laughs> did. Uh, so I started going climbing again recently, and when I went to the climbing gym, that my I, I'd been there like years ago, and my account was associated with my old email address, and I told the guy to update it to Thank goodness or endless breadsticks at Thank goodness dot com. That email address is not nearly as funny when you have to repeat it and make sure that they type it all in.
0: Perfectly, yeah. <laughs> Too many characters for their system.
2: Boy, oh, boy. It paid off when I came back and the lady at the desk was like, hold on, is this your real email address? This is hilarious. <laughs> That's great. That's um, good then she asked fine. you
0: on a date. It worked perfect. Yeah. yeah that was because yeah,
2: yeah, of the yeah, hair, the though, not the email. Yeah. So. Well, you know, whatever it takes. Um... <laughs> Should we dive into talking about racing here?
1: Yeah. What, what what went on this weekend?
2: Uh, so lots of fantastic racing, and we'll uh, we'll touch on each of them. But let's start off by talking about the big three NASCAR series. Uh, so truck was racing at Texas, and I uh did not watch very much of it. However, I do know that stage one was won by Nick Sanchez. Stage two just for the sake of staying consistent was also won by Nick Sanchez and then Carson Hosovar am i saying that right
1: yep Hosivar? nailed it
2: hosovar uh he got his first win which we always love to see always yeah. love
1: to see do you know how old he is uh he's pretty young um i am not sure how old he is it's worth looking up but do you all remember when we were at the uh tr- we were in the infield for the truck race at Daytona yeah the kid the tall kid that had a uh fedora on that's oh Husabar.
2: right 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 right. okay yeah i'm looking at his face and it looks familiar
0: 20 years old so pretty young stud there
2: oh wow. shit this is a picture he's his first picture on google he's wearing a bob ross hat all right i'm a host of our fan on it this
0: picture on wikipedia he's wearing a hat that says thinking cap so yeah this guy's a memester love it
2: <laughs> love it yeah born in 2003 that's so weird
1: Speaking about doing it for the memes, he basically did it for the memes to get his first win here. He wrecked the three leaders that were in front of him all at once. Um, pretty incredible move, if I do say so myself. Granted, I'll give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here. There was an, It was a two-by-two two type of uh, incident where he was on the bottom line. The guy in front of him kind of went up to side draft, got a little sideways, went to go make the block, was still a little sideways, and Josevar maybe just stayed in it. You know, um, maybe an Austin Dillon Daytona type of winning type of move. And that basically clipped Nick Sanchez. I think it was Sanchez or maybe it was Chandler Smith that was at the bottom there that he clipped. And that sent him up into the other two guys that were racing for the win. Hosovar uh, probably had the fourth or fifth best car, um, but came out victorious in the end anyway. Um, you know, first win. I'm, I'm not going to fault it. Yeah, it happens. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it's truck racing, it, baby. That's yeah. whatever it takes.
1: Speaking of first wins, though, Nick Sanchez was really on a rail. I mean, he had the best car for sure all day. Looking for his first win, He's he tries for a KBM. Um, and so uh was unsuccessful, but he'll get one soon. He's uh, he's pretty pretty damn good for a young kid himself. So, um, The only other thing worth kind of noting here was that there was a wreck. I don't actually remember at what point in the race. I think it was closer to the end, though. It was a wreck um, in which one of the drivers ended up getting having to get uh, pulled out and onto a stretcher. I know I texted you all his Ugh. name and now I'm drawing a blank on it. But it was a brutal wreck, honestly. Truly, truly, truly brutal wreck. And a lot of times, um, like these truck wrecks, when they're bad, they really are because the drivers are bad. And that was totally the case here. I mean, the guy got spun out, was sitting in the middle of the track, and guys were—I mean, it was a puff of smoke, sure— the guys were just like full speeding it. Uh, I forget the way that you put it, new guy. Um,
2: they thought that uh, the days of thunder was a tutorial
1: video. There you go. That's the best way to put it. They just flew right into him. I mean, and just destroyed him. He got hit multiple times at full speed. Just, um, just so Dumb. So dumb. Um, yeah. But yeah. it
0: was so bad they had to they had to throw the red flag and. They only really showed one replay on the broadcast because the wreck was so scary. And then all of a sudden, when you see the, you know, the the hospital, health people coming out, he's he's we're bringing a stretch out. It's like okay, we gotta stop showing this because this could be really serious. But, I mean, they show on the replay and the guy spins out. He's literally parked on the track. It's three, four, five seconds later, and literally full speed gets just absolutely destroyed. I mean, this this car was mangled, and. Yeah. That's Is this on the spotter? Is this on the driver or both? Like, to me, it was just completely inexcusable how long that car was parked there to just get drilled full speed. It's yeah. unacceptable.
1: Well, let's push-league
2: huh? bullshit, honestly.
1: Let's talk about something that was a little interesting from this weekend, which is that the truck race was at Texas. It wasn't at where the Xfinity and the Cup race were. Um, And so because of that, the truck the guys... Yeah, the truck guys generally get the same crews and spotters as the Xfinity and Cup guys use. And so in this case... They weren't using Hall of Fame, uh, you know, like type type of athletes to do their pits of uh, pit, uh, uh, um, pit pits, I guess. Um, and because of that, they were very slow, and it didn't matter because they they did the non non-comp- non competitive pitting where they basically can't advance position. But then, yeah, same with spotting. I mean, some of the guys probably just had like friends doing the spotting, and they're just not experts. I mean, I think like it's a good you know. Uh, a lesson as a spotter to just know if you see smoke tell the guy to slow down um but uh you know something happened there um but honestly it's probably just the driver's fault more than anything
2: yeah yeah you gotta you gotta know that you gotta look down the track like you gotta look where you're going
0: (laughs) if you see a big puff of smoke don't hit the accelerator maybe uh maybe go left and hit the brakes for a while
1: yeah 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 it's
2: a good call baby g you should drive race cars my man i mean you got good ideas here bud
0: let's go Put me, strap me in. I have no idea what I'm doing, but a lot of these NASCAR drivers now are wearing glasses. I'm wearing yeah. glasses. I feel like I'm 100% qualified to just get that super license or whatever you need and get yeah. out there and let it fly, baby. Put him mm-hmm. in,
2: coach. Put him in.
0: I heard Bristol dirt is going, so give
2: me oh, in there. Oh, yeah. True, true. Now you're talking true. language.
1: Quick, quick update, just because I looked it up. Um, so Dean Thompson was cleared. He's um, He's fine. He did, immediately afterwards, all of them did drop their window nets. So they were, like, good enough in that way. The stretcher was mostly, I think, a precaution, and he's definitely he's good enough. He's going to be racing this weekend. So, um, yeah, looks okay. That's good, good. to hear. Can, uh, B-Boy, can you pull us out of this
2: truck race and tell us about Xfinity a little bit?
1: I sure can. Um, so the Xfinity race was, uh, as, as we said, it was at Richmond. It wasn't at Texas. The Stage 1 winner was Chandler Smith. Stage 2 winner was Josh Berry. Uh, we'll talk more about him in the cup race for sure. And our race winner was Chandler Smith for his first win. That means both the young Smith boys have gotten wins in the Xfinity series so far this year. Both of their first Xfinity wins. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Two time, first-time winners on the same day on Saturday. So
0: Xfinity continues to deliver. I feel like we're saying this every single week. I was a little bit in and out of the race, but I did have it on the entire race. It's good. Absolutely yeah. loved it. I mean, one of the things that was a big shakeup late in the race was the 51 kind of lose, loses power and brings out a late caution, which mm. honestly just totally blew up some of the strategies that the teams were working on. So that was really cool to see. I mean, you want to see strategies work, but you get this really odd issue, just the car losing power. And it just totally shook up the whole race there near the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, tigers were king in the same way as we'll talk about with the cup race as well. Um, maybe, maybe a little less so actually than the cup race for the first time in a long time um but yeah just a lot of comers and goers obviously um you know we had two different stage winners but we had a lot of different leaders during the stages too and that's that's indicative of a good racetrack and a good race um yeah uh i really enjoyed it and uh in the end chandler smith did kind of run away with it a little bit but um you know well deserved cool uh baby g you want to recap our cup race for us
0: cup race so richmond um Let's just jump right in. Stage one winners: William Byron takes stage one. Denny Hamlin, stage two. And your race winner was Kyle Larson. A little special note on this one: Rick Hendrick gets a nice birthday gift with a win from Larson, so he gets out of first. Uh, he gets out first on the late pit stop and ends up driving driving for the win there.
1: So I, I do before we go further, I do want to correct one thing. It was Ricky Hendrick's birthday. Oh, Ricky, Ricky is- Hendrick. Rick Hendrick's son, who was up and coming as a NASCAR driver, he drove the 25 car for Hendrick in Xfinity and and had been working his way up. At a certain point, kind of like Joe Gibbs' uh, a kid, he realized that like he wasn't that good of a driver, and so he was going to be like you know take over the team and everything. And when Rick Hendrick was like 14, 15 years ago, the plane went down on the way to Martinsville. Ricky Hendrick died. Um, so it was a pretty emotional, special thing to have. Not only Larson win, but Larson went one in the HendrickCars.com Chevrolet that had the exact same paint scheme as Ricky Hendrick's car, which is pretty cool. Got yeah, it. Good call.
2: Pretty special. There. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm looking to watch this race. I'm thinking, you know, Sunday afternoon, I'm going to Fox. I flip on my TV uh, when we're supposed to be seeing NASCAR race day, and I got Exploration Station. So I, I pull up <laughs> quick NASCAR TV schedule. I'm like, we're running Cup on FS1, which I guess yep. they do do this every season, kind of once you get out of the. The big time races, you get a couple that are an FS1, no big deal. But I was just thrown for a loop there. I'm like, is it Sunday or what's going on here? Um, mm-hmm. So we got a short track at Richmond. So they're on this new package. Too much spoiler with the reduced downforce. So um, NASCAR put that in to try to get some better races on the short tracks. Uh, and in my opinion, it delivered. What about you mm-hmm. guys? What do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, I thought it was very good racing through and through, like, no one got way too far ahead, and uh, still very good competition through and through.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it was a short track in that there were guys coming, going, and uh, or sorry, there were there were uh, uh, competition all around the racetrack for multiple positions, or putting guys a lap down. And then there were the comers and goers of the tires and the way that they would wear. And some people had long run cars, some people had short run cars. That's what you get when you have tire wear and you have less downforce, and the tires actually wear on a track like this. All in all, it was the best racing that we've seen this year, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome.
0: I loved it. One of the one of the features that Fox had that I'm gonna call out here is they had the where you can kind of superimpose a car with a hologram or whatever, two different mm. cars with a hologram, and they show, okay, this guy's on his fresh tires, this guy's on tires that are 10 laps, 20 laps, 30 laps in, and you see it's like six, seven, eight seconds faster on every single lap. Just absolutely wild how big of a tire race and strategy race this became.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, a, a tire race. Um, I think it tends to benefit the more experienced driver, the driver that doesn't push the car too much right off the bat. Um, it's the exact opposite of how these guys have been training themselves to have to race in today's car um, because normally it's the restarts are where you got to get after it. Now it's almost like I can let a guy go on the restart because I know I have a longer run car and I'm gonna save these tires and I'm gonna get them back in 30, 40, 50 laps and that's it's pretty cool when that's gonna be the way it goes down though we did get some late late race uh, uh, cautions, but I'll let you break down some of the storylines of the race.
0: Yes, yeah, so I got a couple things early on this one so the 15 goes around and backs it into the wall early and we know this new next gen cars had a lot of issues with last season backing into the wall they put some reinforcements on the the rear end of the car and a real nice crumple zone that they designed and engineered so we really saw that come into play here it was a pretty hard hit and the guy just kind of walked out like not a big deal whereas last year you would have seen this guy may have been knocked out of the race um maybe knocked out of a couple races with concussion perhaps which which Mm -hmm. we've seen a couple of times
1: i think one thing that was really interesting about that and the way that that back end Uh, decoupled is really what happened it didn't just crush in like the old one used to and it definitely didn't just like hold rigid like last year's but it basically the the back rear clip came completely off the rest of the car and pushed itself up and and over and so like it almost left the rest of the car relatively unscathed and i feel like what they're going to be able to do eventually if they can perfect this is be able to wreck the back end of a car take that clip off, put a new one on, and and be able to be okay maybe a couple laps down, which is going to be fucking great.
0: Yeah, getting back out there for those Whoa. just lap points is, is huge. So not being out of the race entirely and just maybe going a couple laps down, grinding your way back through the field if there are some cautions, some wave rounds. That's, that's fantastic for the for the teams. Hendrick cars early were absolutely dominating this race. Uh, Larson and Byron were running running one and two for quite some time, and we saw that at the end end of the race, too. Um, Larson got the pit out there early, and he was able to keep it in front. Um, One of the funny things on this race was Michael Jordan was actually on top of the pit box, uh, and Denny Hamlin's crew just has this absolutely awful stop. I don't remember what the issue was, but it was just, like, incredibly long, and they cut to michael jordan he's kind of just doing the face palm like what are we doing
1: here like (laughs) did they do that on was it denny's stop or was it like reddick's stop or or or, no it was bubba's stop wasn't it he was like 10th or 11th or something it came out like 21st
0: i have in my notes that it was a hamlin pit stop but it might have been another one as well i think there might have been multiple it was just all over this race there were some disastrous pit stops one of them was blaney right where he drives away Mm. and they still got the thing attached to the top of the car so he's got to come in and do a pass through rip that thing off and it was like the two guys saw it, and Blaney was already driving away, and the one guy literally just, like, supermans it, trying to dive and grab the thing, and he misses and He just he did face plants into the into the ground. So,
1: New guy wouldn't have missed it. New guy would have gotten it. I, would not, yeah, I would not Blaney have missed baby. it
2: for my boy.
0: Yeah. Beautiful effort by the pit crew, but he just couldn't do that you know, 80-inch vertical leap that he needed to get there. But uh, don't really have Amateur. any other calls in this one, so I'll kind of turn it over to you guys here for some commentary.
1: Yeah, what would you see, new guy?
2: Um, let's see, you know, it it's kind of wild how much Byron is just, you know, dominating isn't the right word, but it feels like he has really cracked the code this year mm-hmm. and is looking really, really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, Truex as well was way up front the whole race. I feel like Truex has been up front most races this year. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he wins a race this year. Yeah.
1: He's sneaky and quiet. He reminds me of like Matt Kenseth when Matt Kenseth was driving for so long. Matt Kenseth also won one championship. I think they're going to end up having very similar careers when all things are said and done. Um, but yeah, he just basically they don't talk about him all race. He's sneakily somewhere in the top ten, like eighth or ninth or something like that. And then at the end of the race, he might be there to win. So
2: yeah. Um. Yeah. Hendrick cars were all looking good. Uh, Denny and Blaney both got speeding penalties. Mm-hmm. is this what i'm seeing here Denny he got two of them
1: then he got one early and then he got one at the very end of the race too dinsington um, come on yeah.
2: oh yeah boy
1: got wrecked yep.
2: that's rough yeah he was like pretty competitive towards the end of the race and then got a the speeding penalty and was just like completely out of it right
1: yeah he was potentially like so the toyotas came forward and obviously we talked about denny hamlin winning the second stage that was the first long stage right remember the first stage was super short so the second stage was where you got to see the long run cars and all of the toyotas came forward and we saw the truex get to the lead and then hamlin was the fastest of all of them and came all the way back in so like you know you take away that that last speeding penalty and there's a chance that that hamlin might have won that race so it's close
2: yeah so, yeah, you know, we were uh, going into the end of the race with some interesting strategy of, like you mentioned earlier, different uh, different pit timings and, you know, going on long runs versus shorter runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and with about 62 to go, the commentary started talking around whether or not people would pit early or try to make it all the way to the end of the race on the tires that they were on. Making it to the end of the race, I mean, you know, we we saw uh, with about 40 to go, so about like 20 laps later, between 10 and 20 laps later, almost everyone pitted. Mm. And after, so the, the only people that stayed out were Josh Berry in the Hendrick 9 car, and then McDowell and Gilliland, and what
1: team do they race for? Well, McDowell and Gilliland are both front row motorsports, and Josh Berry was in Hendrick 9, right, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Barry and the Hendrick and then McDowell and Gilliland front row. So uh they all three of them stayed out, which, you know, makes sense for McDowell and Gilliland just because they're not gonna be up front very often, so that's a mm-hmm. good opportunity to get up front for the sponsors. And uh Barry st- stayed out there. I'm not totally sure why. Um but it ended up working I, out pretty all lose. right for him. What's that? Nothing to lose, man. Yeah, it's just worth it. Like and yeah. just got well. more cars.
0: Put one different strategy out there. Yeah, yeah. Hoping well. for a
2: caution. Um. But yeah, it was it was kind of wild to see. Uh. Byron pitted and was a second and a half faster than Barry, uh, once he came out. So uh, that was with thirty six to go, and then with twenty eight to go, Reddick spins, uh, which sets up a full set of pitting and we are ready to go for the end of the race
1: yeah just to call this out so mcdowell ended up finishing sixth and todd Gillen ended up finishing 15th you said barry finished second uh that has to be higher than any of those three were running when they chose to make that to go for that right so like definitely a win for all oh yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean you know they did this strategy hoping that a caution would come out and then a caution came out
1: it worked. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Barry getting second place? I mean, that's it. that's, that's pretty solid. Very happy to yeah. see it for him.
1: Yeah, I, I thought he might challenge for the win a little bit more, but then again, he had been kind of mired back, maybe 15th, 16th or something like that most of the race. Um, you know, some of that's experience and just not, this is what his third, fourth race, I guess, fourth race in a cup car takes some time for sure. Um, but also, you know, he won a stage the day before in the Xfinity race. He knew how to race Richmond. The stars kind of aligned there. They told him, you know, on the restart, they said, like, just get after it. They don't care that it's a teammate. You know, that's your opportunity. Go get a cup win. You know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and 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 you know, at least to hold on to second, especially when all the cars behind him were faster, um, was pretty dang good. So, yeah.
2: Um, let's see. Any other any other notes around the race?
0: I just gotta say, fantastic racing. This is one of the like you said earlier, B Boy, one of the best races of the season, probably in my opinion,
1: the best race of the season so far. Yeah, I agreed.
2: Yeah. I'm psyched to see the rest of the short track racing this year.
1: The one big. thing I, I wanna call out is like how egregious Denny's spinning of J J. Yaley was. Um, as we as we joined, I was listening to Denny's podcast, but I was listening to the one that just dropped tonight, which is his reaction to the the penalty, but I didn't listen to his podcast from earlier this week which probably might explain what the hell happened there but he just like he had his first speeding penalty got pushed to the back and then like immediately uh just got fed up with uh I think JJ Yaley kind of like was squeezing him up into a car that was above him um and Denny had to bail out and so he just right like half a second later just nailed JJ Yealy I know we talked about the back end and what what happened to the back end of that car and everything but like what the hell Denny like I, you know <laughs> for a guy that just got penalized for wrecking a person on purpose um he doesn't act like it so oh.
2: oh, densington come on mm-hmm. bud he like earns yeah, points for choices. me as
1: like being someone that i don't hate anymore and then he does stupid shit like yeah that, so dumb <laughs> <laughs> um
2: speaking of irresponsible drivers did chastain do anything to uh get on people's bad sides this race or was he I don't think he, he did, but everybody around.
0: still blamed him anyway on the they
2: internet. Blamed him. So, yeah, what, yeah so I was gonna say, I can't anything you, right right now.
1: <laughs> if you, if you, well, Christopher Bell blamed him and then blamed him in the immediate post-race interview uh, because he's the one that spun Byron late in that race on the restart. But basically, he's not wrong in saying that Ross did an aggressive move, and the drivers are reacting in a very, very strong way to those aggressive moves because it's Ross now. They don't think Ross has the talent to pull off aggressive moves. And that's exactly what happened. Christopher Bell, for whatever it's worth, should have been much lower on the track going into that corner and been able to like not make contact with Byron. But I also don't blame him for giving a lot of room to Ross Chastain when he is a wrecking ball. Yeah. And he comes flying in there. I mean, Ross was probably going to go full stop into that corner and just have to like really back it down in the middle of the corner to be able to like make it from the inside like that. But he probably was going to make it, but you just don't know. You don't know that he's not going to overshoot the corner and wreck your race. So stuff. Yeah.
2: Um, cool. Anything else we want to cover for the cup race? I
1: think we nailed it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see Larson get a win. Uh, this guy could have had three wins this season. He almost won the first one that Byron won. He should have won the second one that Byron won. Um, you know we're talking about Byron's hot start Larson's off to the same start yeah. so
2: it's looking like a good year for Hendrick motorsports I
1: mean even with Josh Berry, the
2: freaking sub comes in and gets mm. second place you'll love to see it Wild. love to see it let's uh let's talk about some penalties what's what's going on with these
1: it's an every week thing for us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll start with the first one. Uh, so Collig Racing uh, also had the same Louvre penalty as Hendrick did at the same racetrack. Same, almost the exact same manner. They had the inspection um, basically reveal that they had edited the part in some way or modified it. And they took the part away before any racing had happened. Um, so they never raced with it. They just practiced with it. And even though they had the exact same type of penalty... They decided to uphold their their penalty um, from a, a playoff point perspective, a suspension perspective, and a, a fine perspective, and just reduce the regular season points to a 75-point penalty instead of 100 points, which is, like, <laughs> is the most ridiculous. Uh, like, what did Hendrick do to be able to get a, a reduction when these guys couldn't get anything? Uh, I, I just... I don't know. I just wish that they would tell us more. I, I don't even know what to say anymore.
0: What I learned this week is apparently the appeals panel doesn't stay the same. So hen- the panel that was appealing the Hendrick penalty was different than the team that was appealing the colleague penalty when it was the same exact penalty.
1: What do, you, what do you mean the panel doesn't stay the same? I thought it was the same panelist the whole year.
0: No, I I was looking ah. through um, Pacras' Twitter Weird. and he said... No, the appeal, appeals penalty or appeals, whatever you board. want to call it, board, yeah. is not always the same. So I'm like, are we paying to play here where Hendricks sliding some payola over to the uh, a board that's looking at their penalty? Like, make it make yeah. sense. That yeah. blows my Is this my like mind.
2: shopping around for
0: judges? Like, am I wrong reading yeah. this? Or someone, <laughs> someone tweet us and let me know if I'm reading this wrong, but I swear that's what podcast we did that please tweet us the, the other thing i please. thought was
1: kind of weird is like why didn't they get to appeal the same week as hendrick like the only thing that makes sense in my mind and i'm just i, I have to fill in the blanks here because there's nothing else that we're going to get from anyone to tell us what the hell happened but that hendrick had a lot of evidence that they said they had right that they they had uh, sent emails to nascar about it that those parts were not being sent to the manufacturer specifications anyway all of this stuff they sent all that out And they use that as part of their appeals process and they made a better argument. And that colleague came in behind and basically just said, yeah, what they said and the appeals panel or or whatever was just like, nah, -hmm. nah, you didn't argue as well. You didn't have emails where you complained about this previously. Like get the fuck out of here. Um, that's Mm -hmm. my, that's what I have to guess happened, uh, for it to make sense. I mean, otherwise no, no clue. Speaking of not making sense, Hamlin's penalty was upheld. Um, that's what I was just listening to. And, um, I I learned a lot more from 10 minutes on that than I've ever learned about the appeals process ever um, in all the years that I've been watching NASCAR. And so I find it interesting. Hamlin seems to think that, like, he was given a fair shake. Um, I still think it's bullshit to get penalized for something that he wouldn't have been penalized for otherwise. But I think what he was getting at was, like, look, NASCAR and the appeals panel both agree. Don't fucking say it and make our sport look bad. Like, they're just saying that. They're just saying, like, just don't mm. say it and we wouldn't have penalized you. Yeah, would have been fine.
2: So Dude needs to listen to uh rap snitch Conicious by MF Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: absolutely.
2: Snitching on himself. Mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. what did Byron and Bowman get penalized for?
1: NASCAR at the end of every race chooses to take certain cars back to the R and D center with them before they release them back to the teams. Um, basically allows the the NASCAR crew or whatever to kind of tear down the car and look for things that the normal inspection may not be able to find. Mm -hmm. They found um, some modifications in what they call the greenhouse of the car, which is basically the cockpit area. It's the middle of the car. Um, They didn't say what happened, what they did. NASCAR tends not to say that, so I don't think that's suspicious at all. Um, But they hit them with basically an L1 penalty, but not to the, like, severe like like point that they had them at before with a hundred hundred points ten playoff points hundred k fine four week crew chief suspension they hit them with the the middle ground one which is sixty points five playoff point penalties seventy five thousand dollar fines for each team and then two week crew crew chief uh, suspensions which is interesting because they're already on backups so those backups have now been uh, given a two week suspension. Um, and their new or their old crew chief who was already on a suspension won't come back this week. So they're going to race Bristol with a third guy, the second backup, basically. So, Do you
2: think that the lawyers who write all these rules, like when these <laughs> violations happen, they're just like, yes, this is what I live for.
1: I think it's funny you think lawyers wrote these rules. <laughs> uh, they make it up as they go along. Well, w- all right. Whoever the nerds are that write
2: all of these rules.
1: They, they just make it up, man. I, <laughs> you know, it's all – man, I, I just – I, like, almost wish that the way that this sport worked, just from a perspective of, like, I don't want to see any more of these dumbass penalties, is that NASCAR supplied the cars. Like, like I just almost wish that it yeah. worked that way. And That's you just fair. came to the racetrack, you got in a damn car – um maybe you can put your sponsors on there yeah and then you just go out there and race like i honestly in some ways i wish it was like that but then i do like the fact that these guys are pushing the envelope i will always say that so um yeah i just want the penalties to make sense more than anything else if uh, i don't care that they're there but
0: talk talk about making sense we've got a new all-star race format so north works speedway this is freaking incredible friday night we got practice and then qualifying is a pit crew challenge so the pit crew challenge is actually going to determine lineups for all-star races for the heats and the all-star open so what do you guys think of this pit crew challenge
1: so they they did that last year right do they not no i don't know
0: they may have but to me it's gonna be my first time watching it so i'm super excited
1: yeah
2: i'm into it that rules
1: so I, I I'm pretty sure they did it last year because I remember talking on this podcast about the fact that they used to do this where they would do like a qualifying two laps. They would go out, they'd run a green flag lap, they'd come into the pit lane as fast as they wanted, no speed limit. So come in, guys couldn't go over the wall until the car was stopped. They would pit the car, car would go back out, run the last rest of the lap and hit the line, and that was the like qualifying way. And I fucking loved it. Go back and watch on Speed Channel, you know, recaps on on YouTube, and watch how fucking amazing those qualifying laps are because they're great. Yeah, what we've Um, got this year, we've got a four-tire
0: pit stop, not putting any fuel in, so it's going to be whatever your four-tire stop is, uh, X fuel Pretty cool.
2: The only way that could be better is if they made the driver change all the tires. (laughs)
1: yeah oh that would be i i i would love that we've talked
2: about it so many times gotta jack Mm -hmm. it up yourself nascar Mm -hmm. make it happen
1: we're waiting that'd be cool uh so last year the way that they did it was they like the drivers started like i don't know 10 yards 15 yards behind a line and then the pit crews were like next to each other and they did it like elimination style where you went up against another guy and you basically drag raced 15 feet or 15 yards to the box stopped the crew pit the car and then you accelerate it out to a line and that's how they did it and they did it like bracket style to figure out like who would start first um which didn't end up being very dramatic or exciting or anything i'm hoping that this is literally just like all the crews are on the wall and we just go um if they want to do bracket style that's fine i just don't want to see the drivers in the car having to do some kind of weird drag racing thing because i think like larson just like popped in the clutch and wasn't able to get his car to go or something and just like lost immediately kind of thing so
0: yeah all-star weekend other things we got going so saturday we've got nascar truck race all-star heat one and all-star heat two so those heat races are going to be 60 lappers each um sunday then we've got the all-star open um then all-star race at 5 p.m so the one cool thing about this is all-star uh heats open and the main feature on sunday we're all going to be starting on sticker tires and then there's one additional set of pit uh in the in the pits one additional set of stickers so kind of an interesting that you know you've all got to start on sticker tires and then you got one other set to go with
1: this is um this is a dialed back all-star race i mean this is basically the least amount of rules that we've had for an all-star race in a long long time and i'm here for it just go out there and race it's a cool track could be really, really cool. Um, Put them in, coach. Um, Cool. Anything else on NASCAR? No, I think that's it. That's all I Wonderful. got. Wonderful. Another
0: light week on storylines.
2: Let's dabble a little bit in uh, the world of Formula One, if we may. Uh, and I just want to briefly say that this is one of the most exciting races that I have seen. Maybe in the entirety of the time I've watched Formula One. It's pretty good. It was just so unbelievably chaotic. Um, there were three total red flags. The final one, like, that's the most any F1 that Aces had. Although the final one was only pretty much a technicality. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, basically, like, we had, uh, I think that, so, Red Bull, Max Verstappen up front on pole, and then we had... Uh, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton in second and third. I don't remember what order they were in. But the two of them, right off the start, ended up taking first and second. Uh, George Russell in front, then Lewis Hamilton, and then uh, Max Verstappen. And if you have your two cars up front, that really, really, really cracks open a lot of opportunity, especially if they're as good of a driver as, like, Max or uh, Lewis Hamilton defending against Max Verstappen I mean it cracks the door open for so many strategy opportunities and Mercedes elected to have George Russell pit early to get them on a split strat and uh, start pressuring Red Bull to have to make some hard decisions around what tires they select I mean we would basically always expect Red Bull to win one way or another but Mercedes was trying some things out and then maybe like 12 or so laps in alex albon lost the back of his car spun hit the wall and then landed like ended up back on the racetrack debris scattered everywhere red flag comes out and then everything gets reset everyone who pitted early screw you i guess Mm -hmm. everyone gets to go into the pit lane i didn't realize that they did they are allowed to change their tires that's for safety reasons um so yeah everyone goes to the pit lane everyone gets to change their tires out and uh then they ended up going to another restart and just chaos and exciting driving ensues throughout the rest of it
1: Mm. yeah it was great like everything up until the last caution and i just yeah really wanted a green white checkered and also did not like the fact that you they just don't use anything that had happened in that to determine the results of the race in that regard that, that like you, you got spawned from third and you get to just be in third again. It's cool. Um, I, I don't, I don't like that at all, but otherwise everything up until that exact moment was awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And great timing too. Yeah. I know you watched it on Sunday, but for me it was 10 PM on Saturday and it was Ooh, awesome. Baby. What a great time. Yeah.
2: Very nice. Yeah, that ending, so for anyone that didn't see it, uh, the way that it ended, like, apparently, when you have a restart, uh, they had a standing start, and if you don't make it to the first sector by the time a flag comes out, I think by the time a red flag comes out, then nothing that happened counts, which is really bizarre, So, yeah, like, Fernando Alonso got spun out and ended up, like, way towards the back. And they didn't make it to the first sector, so they just put him back up in third. And there were only two laps left. So, you know, they did those two laps behind a safety car, and then it was over. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Actually, technically, they only did one. And then just the most insult to injury thing that has ever happened in F1 Carlos Sainz gets a five second time penalty and normally that'll only knock you down one or two places but not under a yellow not under a yellow (laughs) and so the safety car did come in on that final lap and you could see Carlos Sainz back everyone up so that he could try to gun it and get those five seconds up. But literally every single person behind him was within five seconds. So Carlos Sainz goes from, like, fourth place all the way down to, like, 13th. No points. Get fucked. I'm so sorry, Carlos. I've never – the radio for him is heartbreaking. He was just, like, literally pleading for that not to happen. But uh, it was crazy.
1: Everything about the way the rules allow that to happen just means nobody thought it through. Like, like there's – as much as we give NASCAR shit – at least we get finishes we've talked about how maybe they overly do it there's some middle ground here between the two that is perfection and they yeah. both just need to get there um yeah. but yeah the, the way the, the that race ended was such a shame it yeah. was it was just like the the uh, coda race right for for nascar yeah great race all the way up until the very end and then just became a mockery of the sport yeah so.
2: just pure um, chaos i think like six cars crashed on that final restart I yep. mean, it was yep. some NASCAR shit right there.
1: It really was. You don't was. see that in
2: F1. It was wild. Yep. Yeah. Pure chaos. Uh, let's hope they learn from it. All right. Let's move yeah. on. Formula E.
1: Well, where do we head next? Let's let's talk about that because we always get a couple weeks.
2: Oh, yeah. F1. I know where we head
1: next. Brother,
2: the chaos isn't over.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to
2: Azerbaijan, baby. We're going to Baku. Baku. Race The only racetrack with the literal fucking castle on the racetrack, brother. Yeah. I'm psyched. Back, Baku is consistently one of the most entertaining and ridiculous tracks. And so we go from Australia's normally pretty boring. Ended mm-hmm. up just being pure chaos. And we're going to Baku. Let's mm-hmm.
1: go. And from what I hear, this could be the debut of Mercedes' new baby Ooh, car. Please. Which could shake everything up, which is uh, going to be kind of insane. Um, oh, boy. We'll see what happens. I'm here for Formula it. E, did you all get to go back and watch the Sao Paulo race, which was not last weekend, but the weekend before that? No. Okay. Negative. I did. I did finally catch up to it, and it was great. It, it's every Formula E race I've watched so far this year or watched the highlights of has been awesome. And basically, it got to the end of the race. The Jaguars were running first and third. Um, the third place guy had way more energy than either the guys in front. But the Jaguars at the Cape Town race took each other out, Um, and this guy was just like, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. And he basically just kind of kept the Envision car that was between them, kept the heat on him, kept him from being able to use too much energy to get back to the lead. But either way, it got to the final lap, and the second-place guy, in the Envision car, went for the win anyway and came up just shy. They were almost three wide coming to the line, which was pretty fucking cool. Um Sick. Formula E is just great. Like it, every race that I've seen is like the be- better F one races that I get to see. Um and it's it's weekly for them. Yeah. Their next race right. isn't till April twenty second at Berlin, which is the weekend before the um the uh, uh what's it called? The um race for Baku. So um nice. you know, offsetting, offsetting, which is nice. Do you all see IndyCar?
0: Also did not see IndyCar.
1: No. All right. Well Joseph Newgarden <laughs> gets the win um they were at texas right they were at texas with the truck race um it was basically joseph newgarden and Pato Award. if you look at just laps led it just looks like a boring race but it was excellent it was one of the better IndyCar races that i've seen in a long time i can't believe the amount of like amazing racing that we had in just one weekend um it was superb um and just clean very clean very aggressive but very clean nobody hitting each other um Honestly, like a, just a fucking show. Just watch the end of that race and just sit there in awe of the last 15 laps. It's awesome. Um, next race is the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach on April 16th. So, only two weeks away for that one. So, we'll get IndyCar and then we'll get Formula E and then we'll get Formula One.
0: Sounds like a nice little sick schedule we got coming up here for some of these series.
2: B-Boy, are you going to go to the Formula E race in Portland?
1: Oh, you know it, baby. Hell yeah, brother.
0: Watch Party. If you're on Twitter, hit us up at Podcast Big One. We will be out there with coolers.
1: Woo! Let's go.
0: With the ice, though. Bring your own beer. We'll have the ice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just ice. That's it. That's all we got. Uh, Milwaukee's best, ice. All right. That, I think, wraps up all of our past stuff, right? It's on to race predictions and what's going on this weekend, guys.
2: Yeah. Let's look forward to the future. Uh, We got Bristol Dirt.
1: Mm. I'm psyched, yep. I'm psyched. Let's do it. Let's party. I got to look up. What's what's the forecast going on right now? I'm hoping for a trickle of rain.
0: Oh, man. I don't know if I'd look that up. You might uh, you might be a little uh, disappointed. They're looking like some rain uh, out there in Bristol from what I've seen from the, from the old pot grass. They still run on that rain, though, baby, so this could be pretty freaking sweet.
1: If you get a downpour, it's terrible. You can't even run. The cars are too heavy. Yeah, but if mud. you get a nice shower like we had last year when i was at the race it's perfection it's as good as it can get so seeing i'm seeing yeah it looks like saturday sunday looks sunday uh, sunny right now but saturday looks like some rain so hoping it ends up being just a nice drizzly day for both days that would be perfect
2: love it so we've got a uh, truck heats on saturday at 4:30 eastern uh truck race on saturday as well at 8 eastern Uh, And then we've got Cup Heats on Saturday at 6 Eastern and the Cup Race on Sunday, the Food City Dirt Race Mm -hmm. at 7 Eastern. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's good marketing to put dirt next to food, (laughs) but that's just me.
1: Food City's been sponsoring this race for as long as I've been going to it, which is Mm -hmm. closing in on maybe 15 to 20 years now. So um, they used to take a giant... like. I guess they put a go-kart engine, but I, uh, maybe it was just a car engine in a giant shopping cart and race Sick. a giant shopping cart around Bristol. Sick. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, i have to look that God, one up. I'll, I'll post NASCAR. it on Twitter if I can find it's it. so
2: dumb. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: it's, yeah, it's very NASCAR for sure, for <laughs> sure. Uh, Gunther would be so proud. He'd be um, so proud. <laughs> uh, some previous winners here. Uh, last year, Kyle Busch came through with the surprise victory after... Uh, um, was it chase briscoe wrecked uh tyler reddick in the final corner kyle bush kind of you know backed his way into that one as he likes to say and in 2021 joey logano won that first dirt race there at bristol um 2021 race the dirt didn't hold up super well i think they've got a better handle on it this year so even if it isn't um you know misty like it was uh for perfect conditions i think it's going to be better i think finally we see a dirt racer potentially win this but that brings us right into our smart and heart picks. So let's see what y'all think. Um, I'll do the recap real quick of where we're at. Oh no! Um, God,
2: I hope I do better than I was. Spoiler last Spoiler
1: alert: B boy, <laughs> B boy did not do very well. Um, yeah, starting with my picks, I had um, William Byron and Denny Hamlin, who finished 24th and 20th respectively. It sucks because like with like 30 laps to go, I think they were running like one and two, which is heartbreaking. That brings my average down quite a bit. New guy, you had the picks of uh, Kyle Bush, almost a Tyler, right? Kyle Bush and Bubba Wallace, who finished 14th and 16th, respectively. So nice, tight, tight finishes there. And uh, the best finishes of the week went to Baby G. He had Kevin Harvick and, um, who was that? Uh, oh, Brad Keslowski for 4th and 10th, um, respectively, which gives you an average of 7. That brings the averages down to 17.07 for New Guy in third place, 13.71 for second place baby G, and still leading, but not as well, is B-Boy with 13.29. That means I go first. That means I need to pull this up. And I'm going to go with the Christopher Bell. I'm nice. also
0: going to take Bell. That was my pick this week.
1: Oh, you know what? I fucked that up. I, why would I go first I'm, if I'm in first? New guy goes first. Yeah, I was thinking. That doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Uh, I earned Well, this. that's great. I wasn't going <laughs> to
2: pick Bell. I'm going to pick Kyle Larson.
1: Okay.
0: Beautiful. I'm still going to stick with my Bell pick.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, now i we got to pick again. <laughs> Ugh. All right. I'm going to go with... Jeez, they all suck. I'm going to go with Joey Logano. Fuck it.
2: Joseph Logano. I'm going to go with the podcast
0: machine himself, Mr. Denny Hamlin.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, You know, this is a weird one because I was sort of thinking that maybe – wait, is it my turn? Yep, it's your turn. I was thinking uh, Byron has been
1: doing well, but I don't know how well that's going to translate to dirt. Also, we went out of order on this round, too. Actually, New Guy, you go first. You want Hamlin? You can have him.
2: Huh? Oh, whatever. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Fuck it. I'll take Byron.
1: (laughs) All right, Byron. Sorry for ruining your reasoning there. I just realized we're just terrible about the order on this thing. Um, Cool. Well, I'm going to go with Reddick. I was hoping he'd still be alive when I got to that pick. Um, Yeah, Reddick's the pick there for sure.
0: Fantastic, good, good, uh, good tight pack up at front and Spartan Heart picks and new guy is working his way back. When you you know you got to South Africa like we said last week, you're eating that pizza, drinking that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. get a little loose with those picks. So he'll tighten us oh, yeah. up. We'll, we'll make it a tight race. So that brings <laughs> us right into uh, rapid fire. <laughs>
2: bzz, burp, bzz, burp, bzz. That's my impression. N- nailed, pretty it. Good, right? nailed it.
0: Nailed <laughs> it. We got here, boys, this week.
1: Um. Yeah, I can go first. All right. So with Hendrick's early, I won't say domination, but definitely a great start to the season. They won three out of the seven races. My first question for y'all is the current record for the most wins for a single team in a season was Joe Gibbs getting 19 a couple years ago. Will Hendrick be able to fuck? beat it with 20 wins out of the 36 races?
2: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. 19 in one season?
2: Yeah, That's insane. Holy shit. I, mm, I think it depends on when Chase Elliott comes back. Mm.
1: So. I think we just, just to get this out there, I don't think we've gotten, like, any official news, but yeah. no news is kind of good news in this regard. I think we'll get Chase Elliott back in the next three or so weeks, which will mean, like, in May before the All-Star race, potentially.
2: Hmm. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say no. hmm I I'm going
0: to go over on this one because first year with the next gen car last year, we saw a little bit of parody in the sport, but this year it seems like some of these powerhouse teams, like a four car team, like Hendrick, they are up front at every single race. Even a guy like Josh Berry, who's inexperienced, he gets in that equipment and he's delivering. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing some absolute domination at some of these races by Hendrick. And as long as they can stay clean at the end and get out front, I man, they're going to be tough to beat this season.
1: That's where you're, I'm at. I'm thinking at arguments. least 19, just given the fact that uh, the races that we've had so far are kind of unconventional in terms of we've gotten a, a road course, we've had super speedway, a bunch of short tracks. We're going to get to those mile and a halfs, and Hendrick's going to be real fucking hard to beat. So. Mm. I'll
0: hit you with one here. So what would you guys do to disincentivize the drivers from causing big wrecks in the last five laps of overtime? So this is a celebrity question from Big G.
2: Mm. Ooh, ooh, that's a good question.
0: I'll put his answer out there. So what his idea was, we were watching the uh, Xfinity race on Sunday, and his thought process was, stay with me here on this one put the guy who causes the wreck to the rear for the rest of the current race so any restarts that happen in the rest of the race just if you cause an au- absolutely awful wreck, you know, it's all your fault, put him put him to the rear for that restart plus any other cautions still got to stack up in the back as well as the start of the next race. So he is really getting aggressive of disincentivizing these late race wrecks.
2: Mm. Interesting. I don't it. You know, <sighs> The thing is, like, my hesitance around adding penalties onto this is, like, they do it in Formula One, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. sucks. It,
1: sucks. it yeah.
2: sucks. The decision-making process, the people that decide how the penalties get doled out, it's mm-hmm. so frustrating constantly, and it's so opaque, the process by which they decide these penalties. Um, yeah. Oh boy. You know, I wonder how much doing away with additional green white checkers would disincentivize it. Um I feel like if it is really fucking I, I feel like if it's really blatant then taking away uh taking away playoff points and like, you know, serious cash penalties. I, I honestly I do really like the idea of just forcing them to start from the back for every restart. Like that actually is. All right, yeah, I fuck with that as a penalty. I think that it would just have to be extremely egregious and just super obvious that they are the one that did it. Um yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I I think that's pretty good. Uh, the I think I'm totally with you on the fact that, like, it's too, it's way too hard and way too judgmental, especially mid-race and especially, like, in the last five laps of a race to try and make that judgment call. Look at Coda, I mean, you could see the wreck and you could see the guy whose nose hit the guy in front of him and spun him. But that wasn't even the guy that wrecked the guy. It was too, too behind him a guy that was pile-driving into the back of a guy who was pile-driving into the back of that guy who then ended up spinning someone. So, like, you just can't make those calls quickly enough. But I do think that, like, after the race, they could use telemetry and make some decisions. I think what I like here is kind of like what happens if you pass, you don't pass inspection three times during the race weekend. You start, uh, uh, was it two laps down? Mm. I like that. I think just starting two laps down at the next race means you probably won't get any uh, 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 extra points from the stages. Yeah, And you'll be you know starting behind for the whole race. And it's going to be really tough to, to get back into it. So I think that's a reasonable penalty.
2: I think that at driver intros, at the next race, they should be forced to chug a gallon of milk.
1: Mm. And get pantsed. Yeah.
2: Yes. Okay. I'm into it. Nice. Um, So I feel like for, if I may jump into my rapid fire question here. Let's do it. Um, I think that one of the things that newer fans struggle with, at least I struggled with, Uh, is, like, understanding all the teams that exist. How would y'all feel about there being some sort of graphic on, you know, either next to their name on the TV or on the car? Like, what do you think would be a good way for NASCAR to go about making it obvious what the team allegiances are? Or is this something that's not necessary at all?
0: It's an interesting one because, honestly, I think... If, if I just throw on the race on a Sunday with, you know, two or three random friends and they come over, they would have no clue that we're, there were even teams because they don't yeah. really highlight it that often on the broadcast. Sure, they'll drop, name drop alright, that's Hendrick guy, that's an RFK guy, yada yada, but I don't... Yeah, That's an interesting one because how much do you want to advertise that? Because I think a lot of people are like, alright, this is just like 30 guys out there in a track, they're all going balls to the wall trying to win for themselves, and when reality you do have some people yeah. working together, so I think you could do maybe like a little emblem or something on the score bug. Hendrick, you got the little Hendrick car symbol. I don't know, man, that's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, I yeah, would say like, if you're gonna Oh go ahead. If you're going Yeah, if you're gonna do it, I would just color code it in a way. Like basically Hendrick is like a reddish color or, or and JGR is more of an orange color. I don't know, something like that. But I also just don't think team allegiances matter as much in NASCAR. As much as the uh, the manufacturer does, which is what you do see That's as what they a goes. yeah, most of the time, um, yeah, I think like NASCAR actually wants to differentiate themselves from the teams, like from they're really being teams, and and certain teams get to dominate because they're a part of that Hendrick team or whatever. I don't think they like that. They don't like the the idea that it's it's not thirty six guys all out there going for the win it's it's you know nineteen teams or whatever they they prefer it to be everyone's going it for it themselves, which is sort of what it is so
2: i feel like as a viewer it uh, you know it, it's a it's an odd nuance of the sport and having teams in a sport like this is a bizarre thing. i think that it is like yeah, it's a weird thing because I can understand NASCAR not wanting to make it obvious, but also it is like an impactful thing depending on what team you're on. I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't mind them. I I think one thing that would be kind of cool is them giving more team updates. Basically, and giving updates, yeah. you know, at, at maybe in the last stage or something just to fill a little bit of time, just to be like, let's check in on all the JGR guys. Now let's check in on all the Hendrick guys and, and where everyone's at. It's a nice way to kind of run through the field while also saying, like, who's the worst at every team. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, or which teams are bad at certain races, that, that kind of thing. Um, SHR obviously having a bit of a struggle right now, and Harvick being the tent pole and everyone else being just utter crap is something that deserves some highlighting every week. In my opinion, so
2: nice, get them.
1: Cool. Uh, my next uh, uh, rapid-fire question is: What is everyone? What is our podcast host's spirit animal, and which driver most likely shares that spirit animal with you?
2: Um, mine is a capybara.
1: Mm, I can see that. Um, the haircut matches.
2: Yeah. Geez, who on the gr- grid is a capybara? Maybe, Mm. I feel like back in the day, who's the guy that had the really bad crash at Daytona?
1: Austin Dillon? No. He had a really bad crash at Daytona. Uh, Newman? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: I feel like in back in the day, but he's not on the grid right now.
1: Baby G, you you tell us what your spirit
2: animal is and I'm gonna look at this driver's standings really quick.
0: <laughs> Man, my spirit animal is a little suckling pig, dude. Baby pig, <laughs> baby G, baby Gibbs.
1: Oh my gosh. It is that is pig. Wow. that is so meant to be that's that's really good. I'm al- um, I've also
0: got suckling pig on my mind because I'm going to Spain in six days, so I'm oh. going to be eating a lot of hamon, boys.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, brother. This is a very internationally traveled podcast, and I love it. I would say maybe Ross Chastain shares this spirit animal.
1: A capybara, maybe? Yeah. I was I was thinking definitely when you said capybara, the first thing that came into my mind was Austin Sindrick, and I'm not sure why. Okay. I don't think I can place that. But that's what came into my mind. Um, mine's an otter, and I mm. do believe that if anyone has it, now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. No, uh, go. I was gonna say Bowman. I'm gonna go with yourself. Bowman. I think okay. it's Bowman.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. He's got mad otter energy. I was gonna mm. say another good uh, per- or candidate for capybara is Corey LaJoy, just because of hair.
1: Yeah, well, just I hair reasons. <laughs>
0: For mine, one of the things I've been thinking about is, is like, who's designing these tracks? For example, we got a track like Coda. You got a 20-turn track. Just absolutely Mm -hmm. awesome. What would you guys do if you had a blank slate and could design a NASCAR track?
2: Ooh, boy.
1: (laughs) Flips. And I'm fairly certain that we, like, did Um... this before. Because I my answer that popped in my head, I swear I've shared it with someone, but... Mine's easy. Mine's like indie, the indie like four corner track, but with way more banking in each of the four corners.
2: Ooh. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Um, It would be interesting to see road courses with, it, it would be interesting to see like oval style banking, but we turn left and right. Mm.
0: Oh, I would love that.
1: Yeah like there are some circuits like that in the world that have like really really good graded banking on for some of their corners not all of them I, I don't think there's a whole racetrack that's like that there's definitely some racetracks like that i know that from like forza and some other things so basically
2: like a figure eight without the actual crossover with big banking on mm. all of those corners I think that'd be fun
0: that's where i was gonna go with mine give me like a one mile figure eight we see a lot of figure eights at some of these local short tracks that we'll start talking about as the weather heats up here but give me figure eight with some banking high high banking like a like a daytona talladega also a figure eight let's let's get crazy man hope these guys got good life insurance I can tell
1: there's there's the capybara energy that is definitely thinking of the figure 8 of like oh one of the paths goes other, over the other path and then there's the suckling pig energy where it's just like no high banking super speed they have to cross paths cars like, exploding fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: let's go You thought that truck crash was bad but get ready baby <laughs> Let's go
1: this is going to be trucks tough. trucks only or buses only uh
2: busesonly.com Um do y'all think that, do you think this package is dialed in? Have we landed, has NASCAR landed on a package that's like good racing everywhere?
1: I think I think it's working. I'm a little afraid of what's going on with uh, uh, um, viewership, but I think viewership is also a dwindling thing just because of the way in which they calculate it. And how many people actually watch it that way. Um, I think that's actually what's dwindling more than anything else. But I do think that the car is probably the best that it's been in quite a while. I'd say the car tomorrow was the last really good racing like this. Mm. Um, So a little over a decade ago. But definitely with the the no downforce at the short tracks is now one for two. But Phoenix kind of just sucks. So I'll give it a one for one.
0: I I think the racing is good to slightly above good sometimes great like we saw at uh richmond this week i want to say viewership is kind of in my opinion a non-issue if you look at the ncaa title game for the men's lowest viewership it's ever had on the flip side of that women's viewership was way up just because i think their base is so low that you really can't compare that but look at anything nba viewership it's in the tank um Mm -hmm. College basketball yeah, in general, regular season, it's in the tank. The only thing that yep. ratings are up is the NFL because the NFL is king, right? Nothing touches the NFL. The thing that I like about NASCAR Steelers. right now is engagement at the track and the crowds seem to be good to, if not great. And yeah. and that's a good thing for the sport. So the viewership is concerning. Certainly when you look at year-over-year numbers, they're, they're down big. But mm-hmm. if you got fans showing up to the track and you're putting on good competitive racing – I think you're in an okay spot. Uh, the car, yeah. like the original question, is is performing.
1: They've definitely earned back fans to the track, which is that's a super encouraging thing for them to, uh, to be able to win, um, which is good. But yeah, the the attendance or the sorry, the viewership. Um, to your point, every everything else is down, um, and it's still one of the most viewed things on any given weekend. So you know, you take yeah. your lumps.
2: Yeah, I feel like where you know on that topic, like. That's just sort of the – it feels like that's the way that media is trending and really focusing on the in-person product being good is mm-hmm. uh, is the future for NASCAR. And, and, and the memes
1: and social engagement, which I think are very high for NASCAR. So. Yeah.
0: Well done, gentlemen. Good rapid-fire segment. So that brings us to the end of the, the rapid-fire segment. And also brings us right into – Many of your favorite segment, New Guy, let's read those standings.
2: <laughs> okay, don't mind it if I do. Coming in first place right now is Ross Chastain with a pretty strong 30-point lead. 259 points versus Christopher Bell in second place with 229 points. Hold on, Let me double-check that I'm looking at the right thing. I am. Kevin Harvick is in third place with 227 points, followed by Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, then Alex Bowman in 7th place, Martin Truex Jr. in 8th, Brad Keselowski, my boy Ryan Blaney coming in 10th place, tied with Denny Hamlin with 188 points, Tyler Reddick in 12th, followed by Austin Sindrick, William Byron, Chris Buescher, and then Pretty Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 16th place with 161 points. So we got about a 100-point differential from first place down to 16th. How do you he's all feel about right. this top 16 right now?
1: Yeah, um, things that stick out to me, Stenhouse Jr. now on the bubble. He drops below 16th. doesn't matter. He's got to win, so he will then still be 16th, for what it's worth. Um, Byron and Bowman, with their penalties, dropped them down. Bowman was leading points. Now he's 7th, and Byron dropped down to 14th. Um, you know concerning seeing Bubba wallace all the way down to 22nd hate that um just from a favoritism type of thing um yeah suarez just three points out that's what sticks out to me
0: looks like a lot of your powerhouse guys are up top a lot of the mid-pack guys are in the middle and then some of the guys we expected to maybe be a little bit lower are are lower so like we said earlier, a lot of these big teams are really dialing it in and it's showing right here in the standings yeah.
1: You know what's crazy is, is just take a look at I uh, you know I was I was uh uh digging at Stuart Haas racing is Kevin Harvick's third in points. Third in points. The next highest Stuart Haas racing is Chase Briscoe twenty first in points. Wow, that's crazy. Then, yeah. Just yeah. I,
2: I would say that Kevin Harvick being in third is the thing that is sort of surprising me the most right now. Yeah. I mean he's just been consistently doing well.
1: Him and Bell, I would say. Like, Bell and, and him are doing the same thing. They're finishing right around the top five or just outside of it every race. Yeah. And, and yeah, very strong. They're going to get wins. Um, Ross leading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, wow. You know, this guy's, I like, as much as he's, people are going to dislike him, man, he's going to be in, in contention for the final four mm-hmm. for a long time. So. Yeah.
0: One of the craziest things on this is if you filter by laps led, you've got William Byron with 385, Kyle Larson 363. Next guy is Joey Logano at 181. Ooh, wow. So that just shows you how dominant these two guys have been. That's spend this ludicrous. Season. Wow! Like it's it's insane. It's not even close. Then your fourth place, Chastain 119, Hamlin 112, Kezo 98, and it's just like peanuts from there on out.
2: I mean, if you if you look at stage wins as well, yeah. Byron five stage wins, Ross Chastain three, and then Larson, Logano, Hamlin, Keselowski, Redick, Sendrick each with one.
1: Yeah,
0: Bonkers, dude. I knew I knew Byron was having a fantastic season, but you look at those next next level stats besides just points, and it's like, holy smokes, dude! Yeah, and then those Nomination. penalties
2: drop his ass down to 14th place. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah.
1: Which, again, I mean, it, it like he had a five-point playoff point hit, right, which basically just takes away one of his wins from that perspective. But losing a bunch of points in the regular season hurts a lot too because if you finish high in the regular season standings, that's worth a bunch of playoff points. And Byron – I mean, Byron and Bowman can both potentially win a regular season title, and, and, you know, the penalties are completely erased by doing something like that. But it, it, it hurts a lot, actually, when it comes down to it, so – yeah cool
2: all right well uh anything else fellas
1: No we nailed it
2: wonderful. love it well uh we've been the big one podcast you can as always tweet us at podcast big one email us at podcast big one at gmail.com email me at endless breadsticks at they go to fridays.com and yeah thanks for tuning in
1: I've been new guy. been b-boy
0: this has been your suckling pig baby g
1: (laughs) Mm. love it signing off thanks everyone Way you want to do I'd it. call make it a phrase. It What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs>